You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's our 26th year bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech available today and into tomorrow. I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This for the weekend of Friday, November 26th, 2021, hour two of three, as we and our fellow Americans all around the country, for that matter, fellow Americans all around the world, celebrate our Thanksgiving weekend. Which is appropriate since we're a couple of turkeys. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Uh, However, we are, of course, gobble, gobble until we wobble into tomorrow. Into tomorrow. So it's kind of a visual thing. And uh, and don't be an SMG, as we just learned last hour. Social media ghost. Be sure and follow Into Tomorrow and me. That's Emmy. No, no, no. Don't follow Emmy because I don't know who that is. But follow me, Dave Graveline, on all the various anti-social media. Mention the show. I'll follow you back. Yes, because if you're an SMG, it'll make me SMH. Social media. It'll make me shake my head. Oh, shake your head. That's one of the the earliest text shorthand things. Well, I know, but SMG is something that we hadn't heard of until last hour. So that was new. Isn't that the sodium monoglutide or something? I don't. SSG. I don't know. Oh, MSG, I'm thinking of. It's something in the Chinese food. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's That's what that is. Anyway, we've got new... Tech news and commentary for you, even though we gave the staff the rest of the weekend off on this Thanksgiving weekend, because it's what we should do, right, right? as a yeah. company. Sure. So people have time to go shopping. Yeah. If you d- if you missed your uh, Black Friday deals, you didn't really miss anything, because most companies milk Black Friday for a month or two these days. You got Cyber Monday coming up. Mm-hmm. That's maybe going to be some interesting time to save a few bucks for tech gift items. Yeah, I'll be shopping in, the, in my closet for the gifts that I received last year that didn't really want or use, and I'll see what I have to be able to wrap and re-gift. Really? So whatever we get from Chris, we're going to have to watch if there's expiration dates. I just have to put little post-its on who gave me what so that I don't give it back to the same person. <laughs> it's still wrapped in everything, though. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, I recognize that wrapping paper. I think I gave it to you last year, and now you're giving it to your sister. I see how you are. Anyway, some tech news and commentary, and then back to your calls and other highlights of some recent shows, even though we are live and eating turkey as we speak. Uh, Spotify has stopped shuffling albums by default following a request from UK singer Adele. Uh, Previously, when viewing an album on Spotify, you'd see a small shuffle icon within the larger play button. This indicated that Spotify would begin playing the album songs in random order, which isn't always what users would expect or want to do. Um, Now, when you hit play in album view, songs will actually play in order. That is, as long as you have a premium subscription. And only for Adele's album, right, I think? No, it's for all of them. For all of them. Yes. Okay, because she specifically 
went to them and said, don't shuffle my album because right. I'm sort of telling a story she, throughout my album. She made a very good point that these artists, they, they put a lot of thought and work into the, the order of the tracks they put on albums. And many times they do tell a story. And uh, she's like, our stories are meant to be told in, in order. And I agree. In the order in which they were recorded. Yes. And received. Because if, you know, if there was no you know, reason to the order in albums, there would be no albums. Everything would just be released as a single. And that's not the case. Well, now, see, that's a good point. So that may very well be. So that they're doing it now for everyone. They're not shuffling albums. Right. By default. If you have a premium subscription. Apparently, if you have the free, I guess you'll still shuffle. Oh, God. By default. Yeah, of course. Because by default, they think you're cheap. Yeah. And they're going to give you whatever they think you want. Right. Oh, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, T-Mobile's 5G ultra capacity service now reaches more than 200 million people beating the carrier's own self-imposed deadline by more than 30 days. Executives added that T-Mobile will boost average ultra-capacity speeds to 400 megabits per second by bringing the mid-band spectrum total up to 100 megahertz before 2021 ends. They better hurry. But apparently they have the speed with which to hurry. So that's kind of neat. I remember a time when there was no thought in my mind that we'd ever be talking about data speeds in gigahertz or megahertz. You know, we would yeah. have, you know, we had like a 16 kilobits per second, I think, on our first modems. And yeah. you know. boy, you are dating yeah, yourself. I mean, you know, these kids would never know the struggle. These kids, that's true. <laughs> they, they just don't know the struggle. Your son, for example, nine years old, can't even imagine not having internet. Constantly. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we got our first 56K modem, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is blazing fast. I mean, I never could dream that I would be able to connect to anything this fast. That's true. Yeah. And then the weird noises it made and everything yeah. with the handshake and stuff. Oh, we're, and we're then, reminiscing. And we're, then getting, getting mad when somebody else in the house picked up another phone and knocked me offline. <laughs> I know. That happened more often than not, yeah. which was very <laughs> typical. You almost had to, to scream or go around taping handsets to telephones so that people wouldn't pick them up. Yeah. yeah, and here we are now at our studio with a gigabit connection. Yeah, on fiber. <laughs> yeah, fiber optic gigabit. Which I always thought fiber optic was just you know decoration for the corner of a room. You know, nice pretty lights with flowers and stuff. You know? No, it's another dating yourself <laughs> thing. There, gee willikers. In more news from across the pond, the UK government announced that electric vehicle charging stations will be required for all new homes and businesses in the UK starting in 2022. Oh God! The new measure aims to boost EV adoption in the nation by adding up to 145,000 extra charging points each year. Uh, this will mean that people can buy new properties already ready for an electric vehicle future while ensuring charge points are readily available at new shops and workplaces in the UK, according to the press release. They're saying it making it uh, as easy as refueling petrol or diesel car today. Yeah, as easy. Not nearly as fast right? by any means. And where do you think that your electric vehicle charging station gets its power from? From petrol. Oh. Well, in, in the UK or gas here in yeah, the US. Yeah. Yeah. Petrol. Yeah. <laughs> Let the petrol station. Yes. But most people aren't thinking about that. And then they're saying, I can hear people screaming at the radio right now saying, yes, but the point is we're not driving and, and spewing all kinds of hazardous materials into the air. Okay. But then your petrol company <laughs> that provided the fuel for which you can charge your electric vehicle did. So I, I don't see. But along those lines, EV charging company Volta Charging is launching a dedicated media network called Volta Media to better serve its advertising partners, along with a report that outlines a shift toward more environmentally conscious decision-making among consumers. Because you have plenty of time to sit around 
and look at an ad while your car is charging. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. Well, because they're trying to you know make them feel at home like the rest of us that have to fill up with gas and we have to stare at those stupid ads on the screen while we're getting gas on that gas station TV crap. What do you think? Let us know at intotomorrow.com or call 800-899-INTO. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for joining us now in our 26th year on the air, covering the latest in consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We want you to participate on the program, and you can do that anytime, 24-7, by joining us, of course, with our app is the easiest way, the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app, or the old-fashioned way still works, too, 800-899-INTO, 800-899-4686. Again, anytime at your convenience, 24-7. The 21st annual Accenture Technology Vision Report shows how reliance on technology has forever changed expectations and behaviors across every industry. Joining us to discuss closing the digital gap for 2021 and into tomorrow, if you will, is the Managing Director for Accenture Technology Vision, Michael Biltz. Michael, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing fine, thank you, and uh, uh, glad to have you with us. This is a fascinating report uh, where you really get into how every leader is a technology leader. But tell me a little bit about the report in general since you've been doing it for 21 years. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, so the, the report is something we do each year. And what we've realized is that, you know, more and more, it's not just tech companies that have to understand what's changing in the marketplace and sp- specifically with changing with technology, I mean, really, it's everybody, is that there, there isn't any difference nowadays between a strategy and technology strategy. You know, you look at the investment, you know, that GM announced, they're doing like $27 billion, you know, into electric vehicles to change the whole fleet. You know, and you ask yourself that question that says, is that a technology strategy or is that that's their strategy? And the answer is nowadays, it's almost always the same thing. 
And so what we do from a report perspective is that we recognize that, well, if this is going to be fundamentally driving every business strategy, you know, that, that exists is that we need to keep a pulse and keep tabs on what's changing year over year to make sure that everybody's prepared for it. And so that's what we do. And Michael, interesting that you brought up that analogy because the first time I interviewed the former Ford uh, CEO, uh, I asked him on the air, I says, so at this point, because we're talking so much about tech, do you guys consider yourselves, you know, a car company that also does tech or are you a tech company that happens to make cars? And he actually paused for a minute and said, you know, that's a very good question. And I'd have to say now we're a technology company that makes cars which I found fascinating, but I guess it goes to your point about how it does affect every single industry. No, I mean, it, it really does. And I think the, the interesting part, though, about this year is that, you know, we're 20 years in on technology really outpacing businesses. And I think what's interesting about this year is, is that when we looked at what's really changing in the market is the, yeah, the tech has changed a little bit, but suddenly we're looking at COVID as changing and refacing the world almost in a fundamental way on, you know, what are our expectations? You know, what do we need? Where are we working? Do we have jobs? What's our economy look like? And so suddenly I think the role of technology has really switched is that it used to be the common trope to talk about technology as the disruptor in the marketplace. But now we're looking at technology less as that villain and more as the hero that says, as the world is being forced to change relatively rapidly, you know, how do we use technology in order to keep ourselves afloat? Oh, I like that analogy, too. That makes perfect sense. And I know that the Tech Vision Report every year has identified, uh, I guess, kind of the top technology trends that businesses need to heed in order to thrive. So I'm wondering what some of the main insights from this latest report are. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think we'll start with the the overarching insight, which is this idea that says, you know, companies have to change their leadership. And I don't necessarily mean they need to change their people, but they have to change the way, you know, and how they prioritize what they're trying to do with their company is that most companies have built themselves to where they are by being a master of optimization and scale that how do I optimize the process? How do I figure out what my consumers want and scale it to as many people as quickly as I can? And that works. I mean, it's created, you know, most of the, the world and most of the companies around there, you know, but we're in this weird period because of COVID right now that everything's changed. I mean, mm -hmm. in under a year, you know, we suddenly have what, like 225 million people globally who have lost their job and an an economy that's got a big question mark sitting next to it. Yeah. You know, we're seeing individuals change that, you know, in the US, I saw a report that says that now the majority of young adults now live with their parents, which is the largest since the Great Depression. You know, things like public transit, nobody wants to ride because it makes them feel unsafe. You don't go to movies. It's that the amount of change, like in fundamentally of how we live our lives and even how we work, you know, is so much that the goal is no longer to try to perfect the business that you already have. Rather, it's how do I change my business as fast as I can in order to catch up with the rest of the world? And that's going to take a very different leadership style and a lot of different tools, you know, than what most companies are used to today. 
it sounds like a, a, a mindset change has to take place is what you're describing. Yeah, I mean, it's a mindset to, to, to start with, you know, but it's also a priority. I mean, because think about it is the, the conversation that you were talking about, you know, having with, you know, somebody like Ford, it's a question that says, they knew it was going to change. Mm-hmm. And they had, and they've been investing for a long time in things like electric vehicle or hydrogen fuel cells and all of the stuff, you know, that we see and know where it's going. But the question has always been, how fast do I do it? And everybody's been prioritizing that says, all right, well, let's keep our current business, keep our current business. And then we're going to dabble and pilot and slowly on our own pace, move to these new changes. And I think what we've seen now is that the world's changed so much is the optimizing what you're doing today is not going to be do go well for your company because that's not where your customers are anymore. And so suddenly what we see is that instead of these next generation things being small, nice to have is that more and more companies are going, wow, my business as of today is going to rely on this. You know, and let me give you an example. If you take somebody like uh, Starbucks, is it, Starbucks, you know, like every place else is the, you know, when the pandemic really hit and when things closed is that most of their stores closed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike most other people, though, is that they were already pretty well on their digital journey and they were able to quickly move to a point where all of their products, so coffee, you know, snacks and everything else, and all of their services basically moved into an online model. And I think they're currently doing about 90% of all of their business through their mobile app and through their drive-through windows, which is a vast different change, you know, than what they've been doing in the past, you know, but to get to that is that suddenly you have to rapidly, rapidly change the priorities of, Are the things that I'm doing that are innovative and new, are they small things or are they things that I'm trying to actually rapidly, you know, dole out, you know, very, very quickly? And is that my priority to do so? And I think for the first time, everybody's got a real fire under them that says, I got to change and I got to change quickly. And it's interesting, again, the the vehicle manufacturing uh, industry has been so slow to change in general, but certainly with technology over the years, that that's a very good example of how they've got to just snap to it and they've got to implement things. Again, that mindset change for not only that industry, but so many larger industries seem to take forever to change anything. I guess the bureaucracy, you know, of their multi levels of management and so forth, it doesn't happen overnight, like with a small business that says, Okay, wait, I get it. We gotta knock that wall down and put in a drive through window. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and- no, it's exactly right. And I also think that most companies probably didn't realize that they could change this quickly, mm-hmm. you know, because that's actually been one of the surprises is that, you know, you look at something like uh, England's Nas- National Healthcare Service is that in a matter of weeks, and I mean like weeks under under a month, they enabled 1.2 million employees to work remotely. And if you had asked them prior to that whether or not they could do that, they would have told you no. Yeah. But once it became something they didn't have an option to do, you know, they've they surprised themselves. And I think, you know, when you combine that with the fact that I'm going to say everybody's more comfortable with change because they have to, 
because staying still is not necessarily your even near term, not going to necessarily be your most profitable, you know, uh, state of being. You know, the fact that you have people who, you know, like my parents, aren't really good with technology and don't particularly want to learn something new that are suddenly being forced to learn how to buy their groceries online and chat with people over zoom is that all of these things are really giving us, I think what I'm calling a, a free pass to innovate is that the barriers to being able to fundamentally do something new have never been lower than they are right now is government, the public is the, everybody's much more open to making big changes because we're not not in a good place. And similarly, you know, all the bureaucracy in companies is that the people who are dragging their feet to say, I'm not sure we should do this or this is the right time is that suddenly it's like, now is the right time to do so. You know, and I honestly think this is going to be an interesting opportunity, you know, for companies that we're not going to see anytime in the near future to make some of the big changes that they've been thinking about, you know, but do it with a lot less of the heartache, you know, roadblocks and backlash, you know, that they, you know, would normally have. We've got to pay a couple of bills real quick, so we're going to take a fast break and come right back and talk more with Michael Biltz, Managing Director of Accenture Technology Vision, as Into Tomorrow continues. Attention Medicare beneficiaries, are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. Think you're stuck with slow internet because of where you live? Think again. Do what we did and order HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. HughesNet delivers the speed you need with the data you want and is available where you live. Own a business? HughesNet has plans for you, too. Text RADIO to 35000 for offers in your area. That's RADIO to 35000. HughesNet, high-speed internet available where you live or work. Welcome back into tomorrow. As always, I thank you for tuning in. I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with Managing Director of Accenture Technology Vision, Michael Biltz. The website for even more info, and we're going to continue our discussion, is Accenture.com slash techvision. And, of course, we'll get you there when you hit us up at intotomorrow.com. But, Michael, you talked a lot about uh, the pandemic and and how COVID-19, not to mention, I guess, other global events, or not to forget them from the past year, but how did they shape your findings in this 21st year of your annual report? I mean, I, I think they honestly defined our findings, mm-hmm. you know, because because here, here's the interesting thing that we had is that when we started this and, you know, we'll, we'll take a, take ourselves to task for this, is that most years we come into the process of building a report like this thinking that we have a pretty good idea as to where things are going. And I think for the first time is the this year is that we started with a blank slate. 
is that there's almost an amount of we don't even know what we don't know mm-hmm. is that there, there's so much, you know, that has changed is that we're asking basic questions, you know, that says, <clears throat> is there going to be a percentage of students that are never going to go back to in-person schools? And that's never something that we assumed was going to be, you know, a, a big trend. True. You know, what percentage of workers are never going to go, actually go back to the office? You know, there is a interesting, um, you know, trend that I'm seeing is the, um, I, the uh, Philippines and Manila is that they're actually paying people to leave the city. And so they're trying to start to reverse that migration pattern of people going from rural areas into the city. And we're starting to ask questions that says the, well, if we're talking about a pandemic, if we're talking about people being nervous in large gatherings, if we're talking about people being able to work remotely, the things that we've seen for so long that we feel like are driving, you know, our economy and the way people work and live is the, we're going to start to see some of those radically shift. And when those radically shift is the, we're going to see a lot of new and interesting things that I think are unexpected. And honestly, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a global tragedy and nobody wants to discount the enormous, horrible loss of life and jobs, you know, that we're seeing, you know, but I really do think that this is going to spark a level of innovation that we haven't seen in 50 years. Another great point. I mean, look at the vaccines that have come up faster than anything in history. And and that kind of innovation makes perfect sense. And personally, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I spent a month in the hospital with the Rona. And, and the, the interesting thing is you, you have you make reference to uh, people not really knowing, not having answers. Boy, that was the case with all the doctors and medical professionals I was dealing with. They were throwing everything at me. Because they didn't really know what worked. And what if we try that? What if we do this? What if we stop that? And it was like, I felt truly like a guinea pig. But whatever they were doing, ultimately, thank God, kept me off a ventilator and ultimately sent me home. And still suffering some symptoms five months later, believe it or not. But that whole concept of we don't know what we don't know, as you said earlier, is is a, a perfect example in the medical field too, with what's happened this past year. No, that's exactly right. And and we're going to see this play out in in so many scenarios because I think that we're so used to, um, I'm going to say a mindset that says, oh, well, now that I can actually connect to my consumers out there is that I just have to ask them what they want and then we'll be able to go from there and I can give it to them. Hmm. And I don't think they know what they want anymore. I mean, you know, I mean, think about it is they take something ridiculously simple, you know, that we have that says, I miss going to the movies. But if you're going to ask me when things open back up, whether I'm comfortable going into a movie theater that has a 500 other people, you know, sitting close to me, I'm not sure that that's okay anymore. Yeah, and you you want to che- change it? You want to check know. all of their vaccination cards or something personally? We might. Yeah. I, know. I don't know. Do I do I need plexiglass between the seats? <laughs> oh, do I geez. need my own little small room? You know, do I just suddenly need them to rent out the movies to me for a private party? Do I need mm. to do it? You know, with you know my kids at school? Is I don't know what the answer is, and that's a strange place to be because what we're going to see start to happen is that companies are going to. Re- realize that we can define big problems 
and new problems, you know, in a way that I think, you know, has been really a challenge before because, you know, we're actually really looking and enough's changed that it's going to be different than what we thought it was going to be, you know, but companies are going to get an opportunity to rewrite the, you know, in this case, what the cinema experience is, you know, the, another one that I've been thinking about, you know, back to the, the car analogy is the, I don't think people are going to trust public transit. I mean, public transit right now, ridership in the U.S. is down something like 65%. Wow. You know, the faith in the ability, you know, for people to stay safe, you know, and healthy in large crowded areas like a train or a bus, I think is, you know, very, very questionable, you know, and the question mark that says, well, what does that mean for the future of public transit, you know, and you know, what does that mean for how cities manage the flow of people in and out? I don't think that there's an answer for that. You know, and I also don't think it's one that you just have to ask people what they want. I think rather it's going to turn into, you know, people are going to create entirely new paradigms, you know, and then we'll see, you know, which vision of the future is the one that's going to stick. Michael, would you consider those kinds of things surprises from your Tech Vision report? And were there others as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are surprises that they, they, they are surprises. And I mean, honestly, there's there's so many things, you know, about, you know, about this that, that are new. But I think one of the basic surprises that I'll throw out there, you know, and, you know, maybe this is just me as I'm I'm a little bit of a tech nerd is the I think most people are going to be surprised that the data and analytics that they're already doing is probably not good anymore. And what I mean by that is the, you know, people have been basing the decision off of what you're going to buy and where you want to travel to and stuff is that these are all based off of long-term trends and real deep insights into your consumers over the last, you know, 10 plus years. And companies have spent enormous amounts trying to mock, you know, how people react to different things for it. You know, but the reality is, is that I believe that there is enough of a difference in both in terms of people's preferences, you know, how nervous they are going to be, you know, what their lives are, what their priorities are, and all of those unknown questions, you know, that I almost think that says that even though we're in a digital age where we're using technology and data to drive everything, is that there's a certain amount of the, we're going to have to do a reboot to basically flush all the data that we have out and then recollect it to figure out who this new population is, because I don't think that they're the same as the one that was there a year ago. Interesting. And of course, a discussion that we've had for many years on our show is security and cybersecurity and just overall concerns, whether it be personal or business or otherwise, but security in general. Did that surface and, and become a major issue in your report as well? It didn't. And, and I think this is the, the weirdness is of it is the everybody's getting a free pass. I mean, they, they, they really are, is that there's a certain amount of the, when the priorities came down to it that says, you know, do I implement, you know, uh, remote work, for example, rapidly and quickly, or do I make sure that it's entirely secure? And for the moment, you know, it was a, let's get it out there and let's get it out there fast because we need to keep people in their jobs, we need to keep people productive, and we need to keep the company and, frankly, even the economy going. Mm. And so there's an amount of we're, we're seeing things like security take a little bit of a backseat just because of how fast that we're moving. Mm. 
Yeah. Now that being said, is the there is a, a a day of reckoning coming, and I think we're just starting to see that now as we're seeing, you know, more security breaches, you know, pop up. You know, we're seeing you know more things around, you know, fraud with things like. Um, you know, the, you know, payments from the, the governments around the COVID reliefs is that, you know, all of these things, you know, are going to be there, you know, and I think that, yes, we have a little bit more leeway at the moment, you know, but we have to recognize that security to start with, and then I think, you know, responsibility and trust, you know, are going to be a, a closely followed thing here that says, yes, we got to get through it, you know, but the scrutiny, because all of it's digital, so it's all being recorded, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to happen after this as to, you know, what companies did it right and what companies were acting in the best interest of their worker, their people and society, you know, is going to become very, very apparent. And as we begin to wrap up uh, to that point, I want to know what trends do you view as perhaps most critical to focus on, especially for companies? I mean, honestly, the, the, the most, the one that I'll throw out here that I think is the most important, you know, maybe a little bit of the, the most boring, but I think it's the, our stack, stack strategically trend. And this is really the idea that says the, if you can't separate your technology strategy from your business strategy, you have to recognize that the choices that you make today and what you're investing in, how you're building your systems, they're either going to be accelerating or you're going to be fighting against those choices for your strategy for the future. And so, you know, doing thing, you know, um, I'm going to say, you know, with just an eye to the short term, you know, has a potential to cripple your company going forward, you know, in a day where, you know, technology is really going to mean, you know, the difference between leading your industry, you know, and falling far behind. Fascinating insight. And we look forward now to the 22nd report. Maybe some good changes have occurred when we can chat with you again next time. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Again, Michael Biltz, Managing Director of Accenture Technology Vision. And that's where you want to go, Accenture.com slash techvision to check out this report, Masters of Change at a Moment of Truth, because leaders are wanted. I'm Dave Graveline, bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com to start your free trial. Into Tomorrow continues on this happy Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And a reminder that we would love to hear you on our air during our broadcasts each and every week between now and through the holidays, through the new year, with a little holiday greeting from you to everyone in our audience. Uh, To us is fine and all the Into Tomorrow listeners. And there's three easy ways that you can do that. We want it to be hopefully around 30 seconds, not much more, not much less. And how does one do that? 
You can use the free Into Tomorrow app. There's a message to studio button that'll let you record a message and send it right to us. You could use uh, the website intotomorrow.com, click the Ask Dave microphone, or call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. And this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. New podcasters may need some help setting everything up. Blueberry's top-notch support team is ready to help you just like they helped us. Just go to B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. David in Madison, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave and Chris. Love listening to y'all on Sunday afternoons when driving between Jackson, Mississippi and Starkville, Mississippi. Well, My cool. question is, because I work in multiple locations across Mississippi, I want to be able to access all of my documents, pictures, and other information rather than keep it all on my hard drive at home. What would be the best website or cloud service to transfer all of my data and files so that I could access them regularly from wherever I am and for whatever tool or computer I'm using? Well, David, first of all, thank you for the kind words and, of course, for listening. Now, that'll depend on what documents you want to access, what they are, actually. For example, if you live in Google's ecosystem, then it's hard to beat Google Drive, since their documents don't count against your storage allowance. Google Drive also works across many kinds of devices, though it's fairly clunky on some mobile devices. Now, if you want to keep your own files, for example, some PDF manuals, Dropbox or Box are pretty effortless. They'll sync with a folder, so you don't have to bother with uploads, but you know your documents are automatically synced. Google Drive, of course, does this too, but it leans heavily on Google's Office Suite. Yeah, Apple devices all read and sync to iCloud automatically, as if it was just another folder on your mobile phone or home devices. So that would be a good option if you stick with Apple's ecosystem. Now, the real answer is that you probably want to mix. Uh, for example, something like Dropbox for your files, but the mobile version of QuickBooks for invoicing. Uh, since you normally always do the same things in the same apps, a mix like that usually feels pretty natural. Now, in the real world, you'd open a photo gallery and your pictures would be there, and you'd open, for example, Microsoft Office and your files would be there. They just happen to live in different clouds, but all of your devices can access them. Yeah, and of course, we've talked so much in the last few years about cloud computing and about cloud storage, uh, and it is very much, for the most part, safe and something that you can count on. So, David, I hope that helps you out. And, you know, I don't know of anybody that uses only one system for everything because it just doesn't work that way. There are all the different ecosystems, but you use a couple, like we recommended, you know, Google Drive and Dropbox and, and even, what do they call it, this week, Office 365 yeah. uh, from Microsoft. You know, and we do, we use a mix of all of those. Yeah, well, uh, OneDrive is Microsoft's online cloud storage, so mm -hmm. I, and I use a mixture of all. I use OneDrive, I use iCloud, I use Google Drive, and I use Dropbox, mainly for files that I have to share with other people because it's easy for me to upload a file to Dropbox and then email a link. Oh, so, gotcha. It hurts my brain. There's so yeah. many options anyway. When someone wants to get our free once a week tech newsletter, how do they do it? And more importantly, what's in it? 
I'm guessing some tech news. Yeah. Well, before we get into what's in it, you just oh. stop by intotomorrow.com and you'll see a big box that pops up. It's a red and white box. Ask for your email address. Mm. You put your email address in and it'll, uh, you'll get an email saying, are you sure you want to get this thing? Of course you want to get it because why else would you put your email address in? <laughs> so you click that link and then you're of in Of course. The yeah. <laughs> and it's a double opt-in thing is what you're trying to explain because yeah. we don't spam anyone. Right. And in addition to some hmm thoughts to make you smile, some tech news, oh, who's on the show this week? We even mention... The available prizes this current week so that you can participate and win and mention some of those. We tell you about other goodies as well at intotomorrow.com. It's on the right. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order. Discreetly packaged to your door. Been thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066. For as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066. You're tuned into tomorrow, born on the radio, raised by technology. This for the weekend of Friday, November 26, 2021, as we and our fellow Americans around the world are celebrating Thanksgiving weekend. We hope that you didn't overeat too much. I always do. Yeah, but that's that's normal. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And let us show our thanks to you for participating on the show by sending you many prizes. Again, it's very easy to participate. We've got lots of stuff that we're giving away uh, this week, including uh, stuff from uh, LFO, from uh, Benji Lock. We've got stuff from Turtle Beach, Infinicore, and... Even Dave's love handles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are custom into tomorrow's smartphone grip. So let us know if you want Dave's love handle by all means. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys.com, providing the 24-7 stream of Into Tomorrow at our website at IntoTomorrow.com. Joe in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, listens online. Hey, Joe. I'm a local musician, and I'd like to continue to play at home and record Not necessarily for online, but just for myself. I'd like to know what a good recording microphone would be for acoustic guitar. And I'd like to know about a good outboard interface for making recordings. I'm looking at the Scarlett from Focusrite. I think that might be a good one, but can you recommend a good microphone for maybe about $250 and a nice interface that I could use. Well, Joe, we'd be happy to help you out there. For example, a Shure SM57 may work well for you. It's very popular and inexpensive. It's a cardioid microphone. It's unidirectional and generally popular as an instrument microphone. An SM57 will cost you about $100. 
Now, the Rhoda NT5 may work for you as well. It's also unidirectional, meant for studio use, and will cost you about $220. Yeah, the Scarlet, in particular the Solo, would probably be a good choice if you want something that will allow you to record yourself and a guitar without breaking the bank. Uh, a Zoom UAC2 will raise the price a little bit at $250, but it's also a solid two-channel option, and we've got experience with their products, so and they seem very durable. Now, a two-channel Behringer Euphoria UMC 202 HD may also work for you. It's an overall similar one and will cost you a little more than around $200. But you get the idea. Let us know what you end up with and share some of your music. Into Tomorrow.